Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. in January and we are just off the mean streets of A1A. Mr. Chubby's Wings, Ponte Vedra, no place I'd rather be. Right here on this Thursday, 6 o'clock tonight till 8, we are jam-packed. The Mangler, Greg Huntington, one of the 10 original Jaguars, going to bless us with his presence in less than 20 minutes. We're going to talk with the former head coach, of the Dallas Cowboys and Dave Campo. And, of course, all the attention is on the annihilation of the Dallas Cowboys coming up, or excuse me, of the Tennessee Titans coming up on Saturday night. Tennessee tried to, I don't know, almost had like a college football feel uh, to it a little bit when they uh, did come out today and announced that Derrick Henry is going to play, that Jeffrey Simmons is going to play, that Danico Autry is going to put doesn't matter okay those are three sensational football players it just doesn't matter jacksonville is better right now um, top to bottom uh, with the exception okay a totally healthy derrick henry and he's gonna eat he's gonna get his but you look at what jacksonville did a couple weeks ago the adjustments that they made and that's one of the questions i'm going to get back to dave campo on how much of it was defensive adjustments that Mike Caldwell in Jacksonville made in-game to stop Derrick Henry. Remember, he had 96 yards in the first quarter, and they had that very lengthy drive that took, what, eight, seven and a half, eight minutes off the clock. It might have been longer. I'll look it up again. Uh, but it was an incredible drive, and it was 7 nothing. And before you knew it, it was 14-7 Tennessee, and Jacksonville kept fighting their way back. But before you, you knew it, the complexion of the game had been flipped because Jacksonville kept scoring. I I see a very similar situation. I would not be shocked if Jacksonville score, you know, if Jacksonville finds themselves down in this football game. Last week against Houston, their first half lead, that was their biggest so far this year. We've talked about it. The nine games prior to that, Jacksonville has struggled to get things going early in the football game. Very patient team, certainly a 60-minute team that has shown that they have been able to come from behind and win big games. I don't think that anything is going to change coming up here on Saturday night. But anyway, that'll be something that I will be asking Dave Campbell about. That's less than an hour away. In the meantime, we got plenty to do, including Greg Huntington's going to join us here, one of the 10 original Jaguars, in just a couple of minutes. All right, we invite you out here. What a beautiful night. All right, indoor, outdoor, dining, 40 television sets here at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. We have a Cheers-like bar, and that includes two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers, 
Miller Lite is here. Okay, ice cold Miller Lite. I can't. I, I can only wonder how incredible that must be as I nurse my uh, my water here at Mister Chubby's. But you have two for ones, which also do include uh, include three dollar wells and three dollar wines. That'll be till nine o'clock tonight. And you know, obviously, no NFL tonight, but the PGA Tour uh, is cranked up. You've got plenty of hockey tonight. You got plenty of NBA. And just the overall, you know, fever that is going on here in Duval. My pitch all week, and I love the fact that it feels like more and more people are buying in, okay? There's been some resistance, but I expect that. Um, Maybe to the point where I have, I don't know, even been obnoxious about it. I think this is going to be an ass-kicking. I think Jacksonville is going to beat Tennessee to a pulp on Saturday night. And this is not, um, you know, this is not normal for me uh, to feel this way. But I've watched it evolve. And right now everything's clicking, okay? Six guys question. Well, we'll go through that in just a little bit. Uh, The coaching staff right now has been absolutely fantastic. They're getting it done in different ways. The last couple of weeks have not been, hey, Trevor, Jacksonville needs you to throw 300-plus yards. Hey, Trevor, Jacksonville needs you to throw for three or four touchdowns. Uh Uh-uh. We've seen the running game appear a week ago. We've seen the defense come up again. I mean, what, they're top five right now in takeaways in the NFL. They had nine a year ago. I want to say i got to look at it again. They either have 25 or 26 on the year so far this season. Which, I mean, just think about that for one minute. You had nine turnovers, or excuse me, nine takeaways during the 2021 season. And I believe you got 25 right now. That is absolutely spectacular. And, you know, I asked Mike Caldwell about that back when we met him. I remember asking Deshae Townsend about that. Can you force turnovers? All right, there's so many things that you can work on. If you drop the ball, and we saw that in camp, you know, bringing out the tennis balls and doing all sorts of different machines, kind of a jugs edition of tennis balls that we saw Evan Ingram and uh, the newly acquired free agent wide receivers working on and just all sorts of different drills, different philosophies. But I've always wondered, can you really force takeaways or is it more of being in the right spot at the right time. I think the simple answer is it's kind of a combination of them both. All right, Jalen Ramsey dropped a ton of balls at Florida State. Jalen Ramsey dropped some balls here in Jacksonville. We've seen Andre Sisco drop some balls here. Last year we saw Shaq Griffin drop, what, three or four balls. So I, I don't know exactly, you know, what the scientific analysis would be on that, but I think it's scheme. I think it's being in the right place. But they worked on that. They did some different things uh, back during camp. And obviously right now uh, that is settled in because for Jacksonville it's pretty simple. If you can get three things out of Tennessee, this game is a laugher. Number one, you got to shut down the king. got to shut down Derrick Henry. All right? That's going to be a tough challenge. Now how do you scheme there defensively? I love my chances of putting an extra man in the box, doing whatever it takes not to let the king get his. And he is going to get some. That much we know. But I 
love the opportunity of maybe a third safety, maybe an extra uh, linebacker. I'm not sure what the combination is going to be. That Again, that's why I'm going to talk to Dave Campbell about this coming up a little bit later on in the program. But if you're able to stop the run, if you're able to force a couple of takeaways and also put Tennessee in a position where they make mistakes. And what I mean by mistakes is this. You have Josh Dobbs as your starting quarterback. Last week, Tennessee had four drops. Okay? Jacksonville, most drops in the NFL. That's been a problem. You have Trevor Lawrence. You can drop balls, and you can respond when you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence. When you're Tennessee, and you're very anemic offensively with your passing game, and you're dropping four balls, there's no way you're going to win a game. So that's the way it looks for me. Pretty simple overall process for the Jaguars. And, again, my approach all week has been to enjoy it all. Don't be so quick to get to Saturday night. Enjoy it Thursday night. Come on by here and say hello. Uh, we're at uh, Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. Again, two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers, domestic. That includes Miller Lite, $3 Wells, $3 Wines. Enjoy all day tomorrow. Stop by the tailgate party uh, from 3 to 6. I'll have more details uh, for you uh, with that coming up here in just a couple of moments. That'll be, what is it, out at Strings, uh, Strings. tomorrow, 3 to 6? Strings, yes, sir. <clears throat> and, you know, that is going to be uh, a huge party, a pep rally. Uh, I will come on immediately after the fact. But, I mean, enjoy your Thursday night. Enjoy your Friday. And enjoy everything as far as what Saturday gives you uh, with the tailgating and everything else. Don't. Don't give it away, you know. I saw some stuff on Twitter today. Is it Saturday yet, you know? I can't wait for Saturday. I'm like, just relax, man. Enjoy this. Enjoy Thursday night. Enjoy Friday tomorrow at work with your colleagues, even the people you don't like that you work with. I mean, at least for once you can talk about something that is very encouraging, and that is the Jaguars are going to be hosting a playoff game in a week, you got to win tomorrow night. And, oh, by the way, that's kind of the bad news story that is out there. I may dive into that a little bit later on, but there is a developing story that all of a sudden is a mess. And, obviously, it's on the heels of the cancellation between Cincinnati and Buffalo on Monday night. Uh, the NFL did make it official today. You're not going to have a rematch there. And you look at the overall playoff structure, all of a sudden it's, it's very complicated. For starters, we know this. The outcome of the Bills-Bengals game had no bearing on the playoffs as far as playoff teams. It had a large bearing on playoff seedings, okay? Right now, Kansas City is in the driver's seat, okay? If they knock off the Raiders... They're going to get the number one seed. The same Kansas City team that lost the Buffalo, that lost the Cincinnati. The Bills had that opportunity. If Buffalo defeated Cincinnati on Monday night, then turned around and knocked off New England this weekend, it would have been Buffalo who would have had the number one seed. So this whole thing is screwed up. They're talking now about changing things based on percentage, winning percentage. If that happens, there's a chance that Jacksonville could lose their playoff game. 
coming up next week. Uh, there's talk as well about adding an eighth team to the AFC. You know, remember the, the structure changed where this year one team from the AFC would get a bye, one team from the NFC would get a bye. We've added an additional wild card in both conferences, but now you're talking about no bye. And because you want, you know, a competitive balance, you would have to add an eighth team to the NFC. And believe it or not, they're also talking about no home field advantage in a conference championship game. So you play all year to get that championship Sunday at home, but because of what has happened, I know Indianapolis has already thrown their name out there and, you know, a chance to have a couple of, of neutral sites, which is going to cause a lot of uh, a lot of angst because of, you know, just geographically speaking, the, the fact that who gets the advantage travel-wise. This is just a mess. It really is. And, you know, honestly, I'm glad that I can kind of just sit back and, and watch what happens here. Uh, but that's a story that at this point we'll just track. And once we know, we will obviously share it with you. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I don't want to take away from what the real story is, and that is the greatness of this football team as of late and the fact that they're one win away from going to the playoffs. And as far as I'm concerned, that win is going to be one of domination coming up Saturday night against Tennessee. All right, opening comments tonight and each and every night brought to you by Schmunez Vision. They're out here at the beach. <clears throat> Continue to talk to people who just tell me my eyes are terrible. They're, they're really bad. I mean, here I'm surrounded by 40 television uh, sets, and I can look straight across, and I, I can see Lamar's playoff outlook, and I can see 800, 230, uh, 40, 41, 4081, uh, excuse me. 8681. I'm doing a spot, bro. <laughs> don't, don't ruin it by giving out a, a different number. That would kind of coincide with me not having good eyesight. So learn to shut it in situations like that. Anyway, outside of Graham Marsh blowing uh, my opportunity here with, uh, with Schmunez Vision, uh, the bottom line is that they're outstanding. They, they really are. Now, laser eye surgery, as far as I'm concerned, is um, what it's all about. And unfortunately, I am not a candidate for that when it comes to laser eye surgery. If you are... Uh, that is absolutely spectacular. I mean, Michael Shinatri, a good friend of mine, Dr. Shinatri, is a guy uh, who in his 30s said, man, I can't see anymore. My glasses are terrible. This is terrible. I've given it all up. Going to go get laser eye surgery. So uh, that is certainly great news uh, for him, and it's something that I absolutely do recommend. So the number, 299-2906 uh, for Shinatri, or excuse me, for uh, Shmunez Vision. And the address is schmunezvision.com. Care you can say. All right, coming up next, Greg Huntington. Let's talk about the Jaguars tomorrow night. They do take on, or make that Saturday night, they do take on the Tennessee Titans with a right to go to the playoffs. We're live from Ponte Vedra and Mr. Chubby's Wings tonight up until 8 o'clock. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ah, that's Mangler music right there. That's Penn State Rose Bowl winning. Um, yeah, that's, that's coming out of the tunnel. One of the 10 original Jacksonville Jaguars type music. Yes, sir. How are you, man? 
I'm doing well. It's always good to have you here, especially in Mr. Chubby's ways. Absolutely. Um, it's always a pleasure of mine to be on Into the Night with Rick Ballew, the truth teller, um, to provide security for you here at Mr. Chubby's Wings. Because <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's pretty. It's pre, a pretty popular place. It is. Because there's it not is. much going on tonight in sports, and yet the bar's packed, and it's happening. So if you're out there listening, come down and catch the rest of Rick's show, and Grab a beer and some wings at Mr. Chubby's well, in Ponte Vedra. They come to see you. They come to see Graham. Every once in a while, someone will pop in and, and say hello to me. But uh, we do have two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Light. I notice you're not going to dive into any cocktails yeah, tonight. That's you know, unlike you. True. You even asked me about uh, not going to the game on Saturday. And yeah. I look at it this way. I just came off of New Year's Eve. Right. Right? And then... We- you come off the game against the Texans, and then you come off a Rose Bowl win on Monday, Penn State versus the Utah. It's time for the Mangler to put in the, the brakes, right? So I'm going to take some time off and try to lose some weight like everybody tries to do in January. Yeah. So I figured I'm not going to put myself in that position on Saturday for the game. All right. Watch Interesting. What's Let's start with a. Uh, <laughs> let's start on a negative and then make our way up. Yes. Uh, really, last time we were out here at Mr. Chubby's on the phone, I had Uche Winari on. Mm-hmm. Thirty-eight years yeah. of age, very good guard here, but a, a very unspoken young man. Not only about the Jaguars, but but social issues, all sorts of different things. Uh, did not, you know, I I met him when he was drafted here in 07 and and back. Pre-COVID, obviously the locker room was open all the time. It is again this year. Really, really saddened by this. I, I know you didn't know him all that well, but I look at you and I look at him, that small fraternity offensive lineman. What a huge blow there to uh, to do Yeah, I, you know, because I, I heard you talk about him um, just the other night on your show and as well as some other people I know in town that knew him. And like you said, very outspoken on the issues. Um, I've always said, I don't say it, because I was a former offensive lineman, we're always an offensive lineman, but I, I really think offensive linemen are the, the, the finest people that can walk the face of the planet. Um, we are the unsung heroes of the offense. Nobody really knows um, that we did anything unless we do something bad. Um, but, yeah, to lose anybody that young in life, um, it is a, it's a tragedy. Um, it's, it's somewhat unexpected, but, you know, when you play offensive line, it's like me. Uh, you know, I was – I was up to 320 just <laughs> the other week. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to break that uh, lifestyle, the size and eating and that kind of stuff. Plus, you know, you, usually guys my size have enlarged hearts because mm-hmm. of the size and, and, you know, conditioning and all that kind of stuff. So, unfortunately, you can have underlying conditions that – and that's why I always inspire people. Whenever the NFL the, or the NFLPA has – these programs where you can go get tested, they'll 3D image your heart, they'll MRI your brain. I always tell guys to go, go and find out if you got something going on in your body so you can do preventative medicine. And some some guys, just like guys, they stay away from the doctor. Yeah. Not the mangler. I'm just the opposite. If I feel like I got an issue. But you're I, right, though. A lot of people do that. They're almost yeah. like, if I, don't get, if I don't go and get checked, there's nothing wrong. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um, you look good. So you are dropping some, but you plan on yeah. dropping a little bit more. You know, before we get to the Jaguars, that whole appetite thing, my appetite is insane. You know that. I, I'll eat like an offensive lineman. Right. But the older we get, I mean, you you got to pull away. And, you know, I've, I look at a guy like Don Davey who was on the other side of the line. But I've, I've seen former offensive linemen, former defensive linemen that have just cut back, I mean, in some cases, 60, 70, 80 pounds 
it's amazing. Go Thomas. Because it's not like they were big fat guys when they played. They were in good shape. They, they had plenty of muscle mass, but they've just totally shrunk down. Yeah, I mean, Don, like you said, Don Davey is one of the greatest examples. I mean, the guy's doing Iron Ironman. <laughs> He's contest, running marathons. So that's that's that's, yeah. that's probably the anomaly and not the norm. But yeah, it really just takes um, discipline to you know do a workout regimen, cardiovascular diet, and all that kind of stuff that you hear, which increasingly gets more difficult every time, every you know year that goes by that you get older. Let's get to the Jaguars. Yes. Uh, really love uh, Greg Huntington, our guest. Re- re- really love this, Greg. Uh, t- to me, this is a, a phenomenal week. Uh, first off, I'm still s- shocked they're in this position. I-, I mean, you lose five in a row, and they were games that they could have won, but they didn't. I can't get over Detroit. Detroit was so bad, man. I mean, I was I was firing Mike Caldwell. I was firing Trent Bulky. I, I, w- I mean... What happened? How did this thing turn around to where we are right now? Well, you mentioned the Detroit game, and I was listening that night, and I think I sent you a text of the atomic bomb going <laughs> off, and I go, I go, Rick, you're going scorched earth out there. Um, you know, I, I think it, I think it all goes all the way back to the beginning because I've always been of the mindset that here, you, here you got a team that's coming off two terrible years. You're coming off a year with Hurricane Meyer rolling through town. Um, just everything was disjointed. Going at the beginning of the season, I go. My prediction was six and seven wins, and you know why I made that prediction? For one reason mainly, and that was Doug Peterson. Guy played 14 years in the NFL as a quarterback. Um, I knew he was going to be good for Trevor. Won a Super Bowl. I was confident that he was going to pull the pieces together. And for the most part, everybody said, "I just you know hope we're competitive." Um, and even in that stretch where we lost, I never. I never really lost it and really gave up. Now, had they gotten beat, blown out like they did against Detroit on four out of five of those games, I would have right. said, that's ah, kind of the same old, same old. But they stayed the course. They learned from it. You know, people sometimes people hear you say you got to learn how to win. You're like, well, why do you got to learn how to win? Well, you're dealing with a lot of guys coming together as, as a team for the first time. And then you, if, when you're competitive in games, you start to go, you know what, we can kind of play with everybody. And if a few things turn our way – like some of these big plays we're starting to see on defense, just we just haven't had that turnover mm-hmm. ratio in years past. Yeah. So, um, I just think they didn't throw in the towel and they stayed the course, and here we are. We're we're one game away from you know winning our division. You weren't in many, but I mean early on here uh, in '95, you know what it's like to go through a five game losing yes. streak. Okay, and you know I didn't get it. I came over here for games in '95. I was in Tallahassee. I got here in '96. I got to imagine that Tom Coughlin was probably pretty brutal to be around during a five-game losing streak. I, I can only wonder what that would have been like. Doug Peterson, man, to his credit, this guy hasn't changed one iota. I mean, listening to his press conferences, watching him, his facial expressions, his body language, I was kind of like, is this legit? I mean, is this really the way that he is? And it is the way that he is. And even during down times, yeah. this football team believed in him. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Tom Coughlin being brutal. I mean, that was Tom M.O. winning or losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may softened a little bit when you're winning. Um, but, you know, Tom was a dictator, and there's different styles of coaching. And Doug Peterson's style of coaching is different than Tom Coughlin's. And plus, you know, that was many moons ago. But, you know, when I, I but listening to 1010 throughout the week and hearing um, – Play, interviews with players as well as 
uh, you know, even Doug Peterson himself, the players will tell you he's consistently the same guy no matter what. He's even keeled, right? And, the, and that's because I heard Trevor saying that. Uh-huh. He just brings consistency to the locker room, which means it was inconsistency last year with the, the, the Meyer regime, right? So that's why my biggest reason for where they are is Doug Peterson. Yeah. Clearly. And that, yeah, and I don't think anyone will argue with you. I, I think he could get, you know, some play uh, when it comes to the coach of the year uh, in the NFL. I, I still think losing five in a row will probably – you know, wipe that out. Uh, I think that's tough to overcome, but uh, we will see. All right, uh, this team's been healthy. Yes, sir. Uh, ben Barch goes down. We know that. Shaq Griffin went down. But the last couple of weeks, um, they've been hurt now with Cam uh, and certainly Dewan Smoot, uh, who has gone down. The offensive line, it appears, and I want to ask you about it, but it appears that everything continues to be working. And it's, you know, pass protection for Trevor Man, you have two of the best players in the NFL defensively in Micah Parsons and Quinton Williams. They only mm-hmm. allowed two sacks yeah. in two games against arguably the two best defensive players and two very good defenses. Then you look at what they did last week. It was a game where they wanted to come out and run, and they were able to do that in the victory at Houston. Yeah, I think one of the biggest questions, Mark, going into this season was the offensive line and mainly surrounding the two tackles in Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson. I mean, because Jawan Taylor really wasn't performing. I mean, Cam Robinson, in my opinion, was performing better than Jawan Taylor, but Jawan Taylor turned it around. And, I, you know, you'd hate to think, well, it's because of contract year that you're somehow going to play better than what you did the previous years. But either way, I'll take it Yeah, because he's done a good job. Cam's done a good job. Fortner's been uh, a breath of fresh air to be a, a rookie playing that position on the offensive line. You know, that's the most intelligent and next to the quarterback, the one who's got the most responsibility. Um, you know, Sheriff has a proven player. You know, his MO has never necessarily made it all the way through the season healthy, but he's seemingly fighting through it. Um, you thought with Ben Bartz, but you had a reliable backup mm-hmm. in Shelly, and now uh, Walker Little comes in and you you don't see that drop off, right? So, I mean, to, to me, if I graded the offensive line, I'd give him a B plus for this season. Yeah, I think it's been a really good year. I think the only disappointment there is that when you know Taylor went down, there was a little bit of hey, let's see what Walker Little really looks like for an entire game at right tackle, and he got one series because Cam goes down, so you have to send him back over to the left side where he has experience a year ago. But you know that still is going to be one of the biggest. You know, decisions are going to have to be made once yeah. the season ends. What are you going to do with right tackle? Uh, thankfully, you don't have to worry about that right now because they're playing playoff football. Yeah, um, you know, some people can, some players on the offensive line can make the change from playing on one side of the line to the next. Um, I guess that's to be determined if if Walker Little can play that right tackle at the same level as Cam uh, or, or Jawan Taylor, excuse me, because you'd know better than me. I mean. Are we assuming we're going to lose him to free agency? I have Do no we, idea what yeah. this team is going to do. I wouldn't re-sign him. I, if, if I had to make a guess, I think they're going to pay him. I, I think that they believe Cam Robinson and Juwan Taylor is the future at tackle with this organization. And I, I don't. I mean, Juwan's had a better year, but you got to ask yourself, is he having a better year because it's a contract? Yeah, I know. Well, that's a million-dollar question. <laughs> it really is. But, yeah. again, it's something that at least – 
for Jaguar fans, even though I asked it, you can put it on the back burner for at least a week or so uh, because a big game Saturday night, and I'm totally convinced they're winning. Uh, they're going to be hosting a playoff game next weekend. That whole playoff structure, you know, we'll let that one burn too until we get the latest details on that. All right, when we come back, let's talk about the opponent a little bit. Let's talk about this game uh, with Greg Huntington. Of course, Saturday night, Jacksonville in town. Taken on Tennessee. Quick reminder, all right? Um, it's a mess down there. It is, all right? And, you know, if you think you're going to show up at, at 730 and park your car and, and walk in and sit in your seat, brother, you are dead wrong, okay? It is going to be a mess. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of ticket scamming uh, that's going on right now. Be smart. I can't imagine what it's like scalping nowadays with everything being on a cellular telephone. Back in the day, it used to be so simple with paper, right? Right. How the hell do you scalp with someone's cell phone? I'm assuming that the scalpers have their their, their accounts up and running and they transfer the tickets. Yeah, burners. You see, instead of having, uh, you know, 14 tickets, you have 14 cell phones. And you sell off these tickets, and then you take that cell phone, you throw Burner it in the phones. in 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 the uh, in the bucket. Yeah, I don't know. It, but anyway, just best of luck. But try to get in there early because I just have a feeling that when kickoff happens, there's gonna be several thousand people trying to get in, still in the parking lot, and then they're gonna complain that the lines are bad. They're just not gonna let you in. You gotta go through security. You know what it's like nowadays. So earlier the better for this one coming up on Saturday night. All right, Greg Huntington is here. we got much more to do. We are live from Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite. $3 wells, $3 wines. With you tonight till late. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, live at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers. That includes Miller Lite. What's this, Allison Chains? Allison Chains, and if you're listening closely to the lyrics, it says, hey, let's do it again. So let's do it again and beat the Titans for two in a row, baby. It's a little satanical, in my opinion. Did they have two guys singing at once? Is that how it works, or is that just that one guy's voice? JJ would know better than me. I don't know. What do you I just, mean? You're I like Mr. Grunge, man. Oh, You're like right. Mr. Subline. I don't know how they. No, I they, think it's just I, one guy. They do that in the studio. It's like Third a sausage. I don't want to see how you make the sausage. <laughs> yeah. I just want to eat the sausage. I mean, come on, Rick. It, all right, but it, I mean, it sounds like a combination. Well, vocal. It, yeah, I mean, it's called technology. I mean, it's like we're broadcasting for Mr. Chubby's Wings remotely. Right. JJ's making it happen. And technology uh, is great when you overdub, but you, you go back to those early Boston albums, and there was some that it was like, is that is that a vocal? Is that a background vocal? And then we learned that, no, it was actually a guitar. Mm. They were able to do that with dubbing and overdubbing yep. and all that great stuff. Yeah, do you feel like I do? Remember that song? Frampton? Mm-hmm. Frampton with the and, – and you can't call it a voice box now. It's something else. Yeah, synthesizer. I don't know what they call it. No, I don't no, think it's, it's that not. either. It's a special gimmick because he's talking into the guitar. It's really bizarre. <laughs> okay. Um, 
But yeah, I mean that that was a huge hit in what seventy six. I love that song, man. It is a great, and that song became so much more popular live than it did. Yeah, exactly. So Allison Chains, good band. Yes, um, I, you know they're probably one of your better '90s, early '90s, mid '90s. Rank your brother. '90s bands, because I, I admittedly, I it's not my era. My oldest daughter listens to it. Um, okay. I don't get into it at all. So what you got? You, you want me to, you three doors to... down, right? Third Eye Blind. Three, um, three doors down. I don't know that you consider them grunge rock. Grunge rock is. Well, I know the Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam Nirvana. Nirvana. I'm asking your favorite. And, yeah, well, I what mean, are your favorite '90s bands. Yeah, I would say um, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, um, and then you know Chris Cornell, and I mean he played in multi Audio Slave, Stone Temple Pilots, Stone Temple Pilots. Yes, thank you, JJ. And then Gosh, um, all these lead singers are dead. And then yeah, Chris Cornell and um, lead singer for Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder. Eddie. They, they did a, a combined uh, album, Temple of the Dog, that was really good. Yeah, I mean I saw I got to see Pearl Jam at Penn State. Okay. Yeah. Who's coming in there? In there, nineties band coming in here. That uh, I thought there was one that was, or maybe it's next door at uh, in Daytona for for Rockville. Well, Rockville, yeah. Godsmack is that you with Sully? He's a Boston yeah. guy. He's like five foot. Uh-huh. I could dunk on on Sully. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got to be happy with Penn State. I know you let a couple get away this year against two very good teams who made it into the Final Four, but. What a great Rose Bowl win for Penn State. Yeah, uh, if you remember, I was very pessimistic on Penn State football coming into the season. I wasn't happy with the re-signing of James Franklin. I'd even made the, the statement, he's dead to me. Um, and then they signed him to a 10-year extension, so I had to, you know, live with it. And, you know, I started watching, and, you know, Penn State started playing tough. They made good adjustments during halftime. Defense was good. Clifford played well. Uh, true freshman and Singleton at running back. The, the future's bright at quarterback with a true freshman, uh, Alar. Um, and, and, yeah, when you look at even the Ohio State-Michigan games, Penn State had the lead in the, in the third quarter, and, and then the wheels fell off. But they finished strong, 11-2. and two. So I've warmed back up to James Franklin, and the future's bright. Yeah, no doubt about yeah. it. Singleton's a total stud. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And, of course, uh, you know, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh could go back to the NFL and and uh, obviously Ohio State is going to stay Ohio State, even though they're complaining right now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. The referees screwed up in both those semifinal games. Let's get us to uh, here on Saturday night, and, you know, that's another concern. You just can't trust uh, today's officiating, whether it's college or pro. All right. I've given my opinion all week, and I continuously will. I, I love Jacksonville. The only concern is that I have whatsoever is does Derrick Henry go completely nuts? And what I mean by that is 17 carries for 121 yards, that's not enough in one touchdown. That's not, I'm talking about this has to be a 32-carry, 212-three-touchdown effort, in my opinion, if Derrick Henry in Tennessee – are going to upset the Jaguars. Yeah, because uh, with, with with Josh Dobbs, you're, you, you're not necessarily going to get an air attack or an air assault. So it, it comes down to how healthy is their offensive line. And you may know better than me the status of their line. But, you know, if you have a good offensive line and um, you get after it, you know, it, it's one of those things. A game like this is going to be – it's going to be electrified um, because it's us playing in a game meaningful – in uh, the new year, 
that will put us into the playoffs. So you got that going for you. But what you got to be careful for in a situation like this, um, you can't let a team like this hang around. Yeah, you got to punch them in the mouth. That's mm-hmm. what was so disappointing when the Texans came to a home game here. Oh yeah, alumni uh, alumni game to boot, and we just let them hang around. And I kept thinking, oh, we're going to pull it out, we're going to pull it out, and we didn't. So you can't do that on Saturday night. You yeah. got to come out, punch them in the mouth, because if they get down. Um, I don't know that you can make up for it in the running game solely. So uh, th- this is a, a team that's beaten up. Um, their third-round pick this year, uh, Nicholas Pettit, is uh, is questionable, but the understanding is that he's going to be able to start and play as their right tackle. We'll know for sure 90 minutes before kick uh, coming up on Saturday night. Uh, offensively, wh- where are you right now? We talked about the offensive line a little bit. Um, you know, Jacksonville averages 24 points a game. I think 24 in this game is more than enough. I, I'd be surprised if Tennessee is able to score more than 14 points in this contest. Yeah, I, I feel good about um, a balanced attack that we have. Uh, the running game with Etienne, uh, you know, our passing game with Trevor and Zay Jones and Marvin Jones and Evan Ingram. I mean, we got a lot of weapons. Um, so, yeah, 24 points. I think it's very realistic in this mm-hmm. in this atmosphere. Yeah, 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 no doubt about it. All right, Greg Huntington with us. Uh, of course, he is the Mangler, one of the ten original Jacksonville Jaguars. What's going on with you now? Before we wrap things up, uh, you're kicking off a new year. All right, you're off the. Uh, I'm so proud of you. I, get, I gave you a bottle of distilled whiskey. Uh, from us, and you told me you're off the sauce, which completely shocked me. So you're you're doing that. Um, what else is going on? Waste management good, family yeah, you know, good, yeah, everything no, good. Everything's great. We um, celebrated Christmas uh, with my family in Birmingham. My mom's there. My two sisters, their kids. My oldest daughter goes to Sanford. Sanford Bulldogs. Um, so that was great. New Year's. Uh, my, my my teenage daughter, she had some girls over, and I shot off some Roman candles. Of course, oh, there's, there's always crazy. liability there when you hand them to the kids. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, waste management, you know, we really had a bounce-back year from, you know, the pandemic, the post-pandemic, the labor shortages. We're really back to where we once were and even greater. And so I always, you know, but we're always looking for quality people, especially drivers. I always tell people go to wm.com slash forward careers and drill down to here in Northeast Florida and see if there's a possibility for you to become a driver. Yeah, I mean, why not? And it's a great wage. It really is. I mean, our drivers, and I've said it before, they make about $80,000 out the gate. Yeah. Um, And if they work overtime, they'll make six figures. So... How crazy is this every- week? How, how crazy is it right after Christmas? Yeah, it's pretty nice. Especially <laughs> this there. There's a lot going on. They did a great job in my neighborhood. I used to live in there, yeah. Markham Springs. But I just, you know, because everyone, you know, wants to kind of take that extra day and everything. I just can't get up the next morning. And I know a lot of people had to get back to work. We, we had, uh, you know, New Year's Day. I was on the Jaguars pregame show at, at 8 a.m., which meant, you know, I was up at, I think 6.15, 6.20 on New Year's Day after one of the biggest party nights of the year. But I just, you know, being able to get that trash uh, sorted out and taken away is uh, is a tall order. And I imagine that's a hectic week. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that 
Jan 2nd was the observed holiday of January 1st. So Tuesday was a little bit of an off day for me. There you Maybe go. it was so, Monday. I forget. Yeah. It's all blurb. All right, give it to us. What do you think happened Saturday night? Give us a score. Prediction. I'll go with your 24. I like that. Um I think maybe the Titans are capable of scoring 14 to 17 points if they get the running game going. So I'll go with the 24-17. All right. That's a clever, and that's a win. And I think everyone out there listening would be ecstatic uh, with that. Again, I'm going to go a little bit higher. My official pick is actually 31. I'm going 31-14. I think they win by 17. But either one will be fantastic. Greg, always a lot of fun seeing you, man. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thank you, Truth Teller. Greg Huntington, ladies and gentlemen, joining us live here at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. All right, let's get to the only concern that you should have as a Jaguar fan. How do you stop Derrick Henry? Dave Campo, a defensive mind for years and years and years and years and I'm lucky enough to sit next to him in the press box. I learned so much about this game, just bouncing questions off him and, frankly, just listening to him. That's what you need to know. How do you slow down Derrick Henry? Dave Campo of 1010XL and 92.5 FM. He joins Rick Ballou next as we go into the night. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, we're live from Mr. Chubby's Wings, Ponte Vedra Beach. What a fun time, man. Good crowd on hand. A couple of booths in front of us have opened up. We have 2 for one drafts, 2 for one pitchers. That's uh, domestic. That includes Miller Lite. 40 television sets. All right. PGA Tour underway. Hockey tonight. We got the NBA, we got college basketball, and we'll be with you till 8, the happy hour, until 9 o'clock. All right, let's bring in Dave Campo. Big big fan of our, uh, you know, we're a big fan of Dave, and of course he does tremendous work with us here at 1010XL and 92.5 FM as we get ready for the Jaguars against the Titans coming up on Saturday night. Dave, how you been? I'm fine, Rick. How are you? I, I'm doing outstanding. Happy New Year to you. And I'm one of those guys that is uh, so excited. Uh, but I, I don't want Saturday night to get here yet. I, I'm enjoying Thursday night. I'm going to enjoy all day tomorrow as well. Yeah, it, you know, the thing is, it, the excitement is for what's to come. And, you know, this is a, a tremendous opportunity for this uh, city, win or lose, you know, to be in this situation. Uh, I think uh, no one expected this. No one uh, definitely didn't expect it at 2-6. and six. This team has uh, done a fabulous job coming back, and uh, a lot of credit goes to Doug Peterson that he could keep this uh, team focused after the start. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's going to be a very positive uh, Saturday night. You know, as a former coach like you were, 2-6, and six, the blowout at Detroit, and, you know, I kind of lost my marbles uh, the Monday after. I, I thought it was done. But just how they've come back, you know, down 17 nothing against the Raiders, uh, against the team that you were a head coach, down 27-10, late in the third quarter against Dallas. I, I, I am still just, Dave, completely shocked 
that they are in the position they're in right now? Well, first of all, I think it, it all starts with belief, belief in uh, the people that are leading the, the team, uh, belief in, in whoever is orchestrating uh, things on offense, which obviously is the quarterback, belief in, in the ability to the coaching staff to put the guys in the best position to get things done. And they've shown that basically, especially in the adjustments they've made. Uh, in second half of ball games, I think they own the third quarter of, of any team in the in the league, and that's a credit to those guys. And the belief part of it is is so strong. You know, everybody talks about momentum and this and that, and, and momentum is important. And part of the momentum is the fact that you believe that somebody is leading you that can get the job done in the end. Dave Campo with us, uh, former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, many years spent in college and pro, including here in Jacksonville, now part of our family at 1010XL and 92.5 FM. All right, let's get straight to it because I'm convinced Saturday night that Jacksonville is really going to take them to the woodshed. I, I believe that, Dave. If Tennessee has a shot in the world, I think it's all about the king. It's all about Derrick Henry, and it's going to be one of those 30-plus carry games 200 yards three touchdowns so let's use your defensive mind how do you stop derrick henry on saturday night well first of all you probably don't stop him completely but a lot of it is based on controlling the game and making uh you know plays when 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 they're when it's important and i think the biggest thing is you have to get people around the football uh you know when he runs the football you know, he'll run over one guy, but you've got to populate him. You've got to make sure that there's plenty of people around the ball. And the one thing that this defense has shown, in my opinion, you know, this defense is not great. But the one thing that they have improved on is their ability to run to the football. They've simplified. So guys know where they're supposed to be. And, you know, when you see a long run, uh, Rick, 90% of the time, it's not because somebody ran over somebody. It's because somebody wasn't in the right spot. And mm -hmm. I think they've improved in that area. And the biggest thing is you've got to get this guy on the ground before he gets going. If you allow him to get into the secondary, that's an issue. So, you know, to me, uh, they're going to have to crowd the line of scrimmage, uh, make sure the guys are running to the football, which, I, again, I think they've improved on. And, you know, they're going to force Josh Dobbs to, to have to make some plays himself during the ball game that are going to make a difference. We saw that very lengthy drive the first time they met. I want to say it was a 14-15 play drive uh, that, um, you know, Tennessee pulled off to go up 7 nothing, and they went up 14-7. But they took the running attack away, from, or the rushing attack away from Tennessee. Dave, was that more of in-game adjustments by Mike Caldwell in their defense, or was it simply because Jacksonville was scoring too much and they forced Tennessee to become a pass-only team? I think it's a combination, and I think that is really important, what you just said. I really believe in a game like this where the team coming in is going to try to control the ball, you have to take care of your business on offense and, and get them in a position where they can't just rely on running the ball two or three times, uh, you know, on on every 10-yard uh, uh, first and 10 situation uh, to get first downs. And I think in that ball game, it was quite evident to me there were 
there were three drives that they had three and out. And by the way, they've had a bunch of three and outs this year, regardless of who's at quarterback. Uh, and But those three drives, he didn't even touch the ball. And, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a mistake. But it's also partly because they were behind and they don't have the opportunity to control the ball. They have to make some big plays to get back in it. So what do you do early on? I mean, if if you were if they asked you uh, this week, I mean, do you, how do you begin here? Is it the extra safety? Is it a is it the three linebackers? Is it some sort of a combination of both? Do, do you trust simple man on man coverage against Dobbs and wide receivers? What's your thought on this tomorrow, coming up on Saturday night? Well, first of all, you know, to use the three linebackers that they've used and the three safeties that they've used. They have to be in certain uh, personnel groups. Mm-hmm. In other words, if they want to come out in two tight ends uh, and a fullback and, and one wide receiver, or if they want to come out with three tight ends, that type of thing, then I'm sure that's what they're going to do. They're going to put, they're going to match their safeties up when there aren't two, you know, a bunch of wide receivers in the game. Uh, now, uh, I could also see at times with three wide receivers in the game that they could use the extra safety as a nickelback as, as compared to a corner. But I'm going into the game saying that if it's a normal down and distance, we're going to go eight-man front, and, and we're, going to, we're not going to worry too much about having to cover guys one-on-one because it's going to be, have to be done in order to stop this guy. They can't play uh, two high safeties uh, and expect to stop the run with only seven guys for the entirety of the ball game. Dave Campbell, our guest, uh, part of our family here at 1010XL and 92.5 FM. A couple of minutes left with Dave. Uh, Trayvon Walker, his return. How did he look to you, Coach? I thought he looked okay. I think they put him on a, uh, on a pitch count. I thought he played pretty good, and I think he's a, a big factor in what you're talking about because, you know, his ability to play the run uh, – there's no question that he can play the run. And mm-hmm. I think that that's part of the whole thing of being able to do some things with, with bringing, uh, you know, safeties off the edge maybe and having him go up underneath and create some havoc inside. And I thought he was ready last week. I think they were fortunate to be able to take, you know, him out of the ball game at the end and really, uh, you know, give him a chance to, to really uh, be ready to go this week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. It really is, uh, you know, because sitting next to you and, and just, you know, observing games and kind of talking about in-game adjustments and then everything when, you know, we saw Walker finally get more with his hand in the dirt and you're thinking, all right, is that going to be more of what we see? But then all of a sudden you lose a guy that could replace him on the outside like Dewan Smoot. I understand Arden Key is still there. But that's an injury that hurts this football team. So that could change their thinking, obviously, depending on what they're trying to run. Well, you know, I think it probably hurts them more uh, in the passing game, you know, to have Smoot gone because, you know, Smoot was one of the better pass rushers and, uh, you know, and was versatile enough to do that from the inside as well. And I think they were going to get that with Walker as well, you know, on third down. Uh, if they can force them into third and longs, uh, you know, they're going to have to rely on guys like Arden Key and uh, LeVon Chason. You know, those guys are going to have to come through. And if, if that's the case, 
then maybe they can move Walker inside a little bit more. But, you know, that is a that does hurt them, you know. But at the same time, I think they have some guys backing them up that are, that are pretty decent. All right, as we let you go, Dave, and, and obviously, you know, you, you, you saw, you witnessed firsthand one of the most historical trades in the history of the game where Herschel Walker was moved, and when you came over with Jimmy, all of the draft picks and all of the everything that happened and, and the Hall of Famers that it produced. But when I look at this year, the free agency moves that this organization made, I've always been told that free agency is a quick fix. You, you win through the draft. You can start with Sheriff and go to Kirk and Jones and Ingram, and you can go to Key and Aloha Khan and Fatokasi and Williams. Man, that's nine for nine on guys they hit on this year in free agency. Yeah, they did a wonderful job. And, and, you know, of course, I've said it from the beginning that there was no question in my mind that they were a better unit uh, of receivers, number one, that, you know, that, that had to be done in order. You had to do something to give Trevor an opportunity to, uh, you know, grow and progress. And, and it's not all just on Trevor. It's on uh, people getting open. It's people making plays when they have the opportunity. The one thing they've done is they've done that, you know, this year. Now it's going to come down to, you know, how well they do drafting and and uh, what they do with specific positions because they're not going to be able to keep everybody. It doesn't look like with the cap situation. Yes, and there's no doubt that that is going to uh, be a problem, but that happens to all really good teams, and I, I believe that – and, you know, look at this division. Uh, the AFC South is going to have three different quarterbacks, in my opinion, next year. Obviously, that's not the case with Trevor Lawrence. Dave's going to be a blast out there. I'll uh, look forward to sitting next year and, and talking to you about this game Saturday between Jacksonville and Tennessee. It's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. Well, I'm really excited. And, and if I could say one more thing, Rick, they, this team is one year ahead of schedule in my opinion going through what we did in dallas with the second year uh this scenario could be exactly the same and then next year is going to be the year you really see some some uh a little bit of added firepower and and uh, trevor gets better and better yeah it's a great point and it's going to be a blast around here i mean this off season you know regardless of how far they go just tying everything together with off-season moves free agency the draft and then camps I'm totally with you, and uh, that is going to be incredible. Dave, thank you. See you out there on Saturday night. Okay, Rick, looking forward to it. I'm, I'll see you over there. There he goes, Dave Campo. Great stuff. Love it. In-game adjustments. And he's right, oh, by the way, uh, when it comes to, you know, talk, you just mentioned Trevor, and that, and that's what is um, is is part of why – there's a little bit of confusion with me when trying to – well, there's a little bit of confusion with me anyway, but when trying to describe this season, uh, I mean, guys, players, coaches, management that I have given up on, and I know that a lot of the listeners have given up on, but I'm – I'm not going to throw you under the bus, okay? I, I stand by comments that I make. I mean, I fired Mike Caldwell. I fired Trent Bulky. 
All right? I, I wouldn't have re-signed Evan Ingram. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And it feels like every guy has responded in a way that, that frankly, I, I, never seen, uh, I, I never saw coming. I mean, the whole James Robinson thing. I was convinced they were in the rebuild. All right? Maybe there was something there. I read something out of New York today that he's still a big part of the plan. The way that the Jets are telling the story or perhaps spinning the story is that Robinson is not close to 100%. Did James Robinson force himself back too soon? I don't know. I thought he played well in the first couple of games. You know, J.J. and I talk about it, it seems like, a couple times a week when you look at Evan Ingram. There's no way I would have repaid that guy. He was averaging just over three receptions a game. And then you look at what he's done. All right, he only had one last week, but that was a run game. That wasn't a Trevor. Trevor was what, 17 to 21? But... You know, he had a pick his first and eight games, but that wasn't a Trevor game. That was a an offensive, um, you know, rushing attack type of game. It's it's um it's just amazing, and it's it's really a joy to watch. And that's why I'm taking that approach this week to enjoy this every moment. I mean, this should be right there as one of the top things that is on your mind. Uh, what are they? What do they say it is, J.J.? Uh, men think about sex once every, what, two and a half seconds? Is it is that, that it? often? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe more for others. I think it's two and a half seconds. But, yeah, it, when you're not thinking about that, you should be thinking about, about the Jaguars Titans football. Get smashed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we got much more to get into. Let's, let's spend a minute on this. I don't want to dwell, but let's spend a minute on this whole playoff, unless, as a, as a matter of fact, I've been busy here. Has, has anything happened in the last hour and some change on this AFC playoff talk that perhaps you know, I missed? Roger Goodell got up there and told it how it is and how it's going to be. No, nothing's happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, old Rod, he's on an island somewhere. Who knows what's going on? Let's spend a couple of minutes on that. I'll also talk about what is important, that is health in this football game. All of that coming up. Good crowd rolling in right now. Two-for-one drafts, two-for-one pitchers, Miller Lights included. Mr. Chubby's Wings, Ponte Vedra Beach. We're here tonight till 8. The happy hour continues until 9 o'clock. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Mr. Chubby's Wings, Thursday night, Ponte Vedra. With the late Warren Zevon. Put it on, kids. Listen to the whole album. If you don't know what an album is, ask <laughs> mom, ask dad. <laughs> Man, life changing right before our eyes. Today was just nuts. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to because it's not sports related. But my gosh, man, flipping over, listening to some other stuff. Wow. Scary, man, and confused. That's probably the way. I'm dazed and confused. That's it. Now, are we talking <laughs> politics? Are we talking world events? Are we talking uh, House Speaker votes? I think you know exactly what okay. we're talking about, all right? We're talking about that, and a certain someone also spoke today, and I was like, oh, my God. He can't <laughs> even answer. Quite. 
I mean, what oh, is I he know doing? Exactly who you're <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like looking at my GF, and I'm like, it's a good thing I don't bring up politics on the show. You know, I'm just scared, and it's like, and then all of a sudden I look at the market, and I'm like, hmm, I got a hundred dollars here. I think I'll put that in a pickle jar. And <laughs> I think I'll bury, bury this. I think I'll bury that in the backyard. <laughs> I mean. It's just unbelievable. It's 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 beyond scary. But that's that. Let's get to more important things. Like, what the hell is the NFL going to do with the AFC playoff scenario? Now, reportedly, they met at six for a vote. Let me give you the info here. This is uh, the competition committee. They're going to vote on an approach to the AFC playoffs. Now, remember, you you need the National Football League the National Football League Players Association to agree on what's next. And there's so many individual little things that factor. Let's take little old Jacksonville, for instance, okay? Jacksonville's going to host a playoff game next week, right? Well, maybe not. If what is being thrown around at this particular time is true, and you go by percentage, winning percentage, and you eliminate the first round by and add an eighth team, Jacksonville could actually be traveling. Now, I've, I've read that. I don't know if that's Nothing is true at, at this particular time. But let's consider what is really out there. Okay, first of all, this all uh, obviously comes because of the cancellation after what happened with DeMar Hamlin, who, for those of you who have not heard, he is doing much better today. All right? I mean, I mean, today was a very, very good day uh, for him. And that's what's most important, no question about it. But the game was canceled. This matchup on Monday night has absolutely no bearing in the AFC on playoff teams. What it did amount to was the seeding for the AFC playoffs. Buffalo, one of the two teams that obviously the game was canceled, and the NFL did announce earlier today that they are not going to replay this game. So Buffalo and Cincinnati are both going to play 16 games where the other 30 teams in the NFL are playing 17 games. Buffalo had everything right there for them. If Buffalo was to able, you know, able to knock off Cincinnati, and then turn around and knock off New England, they would get the number one seed, meaning they would get a bye, and they would have the home field advantage the entire way through. Obviously, they wouldn't play to the divisional round, and then if they won that, they would get an opportunity to host the AFC championship game. Now, because of the way that things have changed, all Kansas City has to do is knock off the Raiders, who... Obviously, they've tanked, right? I mean, the Raiders sent home Derek Carr. The Ra- Can't, and So Kansas City now would get the first round by. Kansas City would obviously host um, every playoff game that they're still playing in. So what is the NFL considering? Adding an eighth team. No first round by. All right? Because you don't want a competitive advantage for the NFC in order to bring balance into the NFL, then all of a sudden you 
add an eighth team to the NFC. Also, get rid of the home field advantage in both, or excuse me, not in the NFC Championship game, but from what I understand, it would only be in the AFC Championship game that no longer could it be Kansas City or Buffalo or if those two were to get knocked out, Cincinnati would be number three under the latest equation. And, you know, depending on obviously what happens on Sunday. But it doesn't matter because what are they going to do? They're talking about moving that game to perhaps Indianapolis. I, I guess there's, you know, pretty equal distance, not too far apart. If you were to look at Buffalo and Cincinnati and Kansas, I guess that makes the most sense geographically speaking. I'll be honest with you, I haven't. Uh, gone on the uh, the map today and, and figured out how many miles there were. I, I, I want to say I, I read somewhere that I saw two to three. It was like 400-plus miles. I know Buffalo uh, was in there. Cincinnati was in there. But anyway, that's going to be a reason for people to complain. And I understand that. I mean, what if all of a sudden the AFC Championship game is won by a team and all of a sudden they're asked to go to Indianapolis or they're asked to go to Houston or they're asked to go to somewhere else where travel-wise it makes it a little bit more difficult uh, for the fans. Remember when we only, we only used to hear about this in, in pods, you know, in the college basketball NCAA tournament when it would come to travel for teams. Typically in the NFL, you put a game anywhere, people are going to show up. But we also know uh, that people do love to complain so the long answer to all of this who knows what's going to happen all right and i i hate the fact that i'm even bringing it up tonight to kind of take a couple of minutes away from what is happening here with the jaguars and their pursuit of getting back to the playoffs and you know that would really sting if jacksonville's dominant look i expect them to be on saturday night and they knock off tennessee and then you're getting ready to host the game here and you're told because of what has happened and winning percentage and adding an eighth team, you're now on the road. I, I don't know how that works. I, I really don't. I would still think the four divisional teams would host, but now they're talking about putting winning percentage into it. So it's a whole bunch of confusion. Have you seen anything on this at all, J.J.? No, back in the studio? All, all of this because the NFL, uh, a.k.a. Roger Goodell, was scared to make a tough decision and tell them to play on Tuesday. All of this because of that. We're also setting a precedent, which anytime a guy gets hurt, like, real bad, you know, spinal stuff has to get carted off, who's to tell that team they have to play now? You know, like, yeah. who, now we're, we're letting the NFL teams decide when and where they want to play. I hope you're happy with that, Raj. Yeah, it, it, you know, obviously it would have been – we wish we would have heard something from him. And, you know, I ripped him for it because he, he passed the buck once again and, and walked Troy Vincent out there for a conference call in the wee hours of, uh, of Tuesday morning. Um, it's a difficult decision to make either way, all right? But That's what, why you get paid the big bucks. Uh, yeah, exactly. And guess and what? He, the show must go on. I mean, like, yeah. I'm sorry. It, t- say whatever you want about me, but – there's been multiple guys that have gotten spinal cord injuries and have never been the same the rest of their life. They can't walk. They finished the game. I'm not saying they should have finished on Monday night. I'm saying Tuesday they had to play. They didn't. They let the Bills leave. 
And you also can't let the Bills decide whether they want to play or not. That's not how this league works. Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that's been written, a lot of stuff that's been said. Um, you can go back to Hank Gathers. Uh, you can go to Chris uh, Pronger, who uh, took a slap shot in the chest in St. Louis, going back, uh, I don't know, maybe a dozen years or so ago. And, you know, he, now he didn't have nine minutes of CPR, okay? He, he did not go through that, but it was still a uh, an awful situation. Clint Malarchuk had a, uh, his jugular in his neck sliced in the crease. You want to see something that's graphic? Go ahead and pull that up on YouTube. I'm telling you right now, if you're hungry and you're trying to lose weight, <laughs> pull up that video. Uh, it'll cancel your... So, and again, I'm not trying to take away... The NFL made the right decision on Monday night. I, you know, that's... I agree. Yeah, they made the right decision. But now, all of a sudden, the... The lingering effect is massive. I, I, I hate to play worst-case scenario because this week I'm all about pounding my chest and saying that Jacksonville's going to win this game. But what if all of a sudden we find out tonight, if they're voting, that it becomes winning percentage? And for one reason or another, Jacksonville gets left behind. They win a play. They win Saturday night. This whole city believes they're hosting a playoff game next week. Then all of a sudden you find out that you're going on the road somewhere. Could happen. Again, let's wait for it until it does uh, come to our attention. But, but and, and once again, the whole competition committee, and, and I say this with respect, but how much pull does Shad Khan and Jacksonville have against some of the really big whales in the NFL? Okay? If this was Jerry Jones that was getting screwed or Bob Kraft that was getting screwed or someone like that. that That's one story, okay? What about Jacksonville here? Look at their winning percentage the last couple of years. Their market size, everything. I, I just, I, I don't believe that they're going to have the same firepower. They're going to have the same, um, you know, uh, opportunity to, to yell. And listen, the whole competition committee, I'm going to have to, I don't know what particular competition committee this actually is uh, that is voting tonight. I mean, typically, you know, we have NFL owners meetings. We have the competition committee. You have the agreement between the NFL and the National Football League Players Association. So I honestly don't even know at this particular time who is actually involved uh, for this vote. But, yeah, it's um, it's fascinating. It really is. You know, the one thing that, that I felt that they could have done and I know it would have been a little bit awkward, but why not just push everything back a week? You know what I'm saying? What's the harm in that? And, and well, people say, well, Blue, you can't because they're spending billions and billions of dollars for the Super Bowl. And you have all these events that are scheduled to come in that particular week. Would the world stop spinning if for because of this reason... You didn't get two weeks off between Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl. You played on that Sunday, and then you were forced to turn around again and play the Super Bowl a week later. They used to do it that way, and this could be written as a one-year exception because that's the way it is. I mean, that to me, that would have been... That sounds better than this, like, throwing crap at the wall like they're doing with win percentage or random 
numbers or you know maybe we'll have a neutral site like i don't like the idea of pushing everything back but that's way better than what we've been hearing well what other reasons would there be outside of what i just mentioned with the super bowl stadium rights I yeah mean, well you know like if if you're, well we had the tractor pole scheduled to come into our stadium I mean, you, you laugh know, the, at that but that that's serious yeah, like, oh I, that's why i raised it yeah like, that's really the only other thing i can think like, of say sting is coming into town to perform at tia bank or whatever on a certain date, like, that's it's fixed Rockville. in a, a year in advance, you know? Rockville's least. in Kansas City. You exactly. can't push that. Godsmack's going to be there with uh, Pantera. <laughs> and, you know, but that, because I don't know what else it, it, it honestly. It be that or, or TV stuff or stuff above our pay grade. But it seems I mean, what, easy to do. But logistically, I'm sure these stadiums are booked, you know? Yeah, but there'd be much more. As far as booking, if we were talking about a hockey or ba- or yes. basketball arena. Probably right. Okay? Not these big, huge. I, yeah, who so, is like the Rolling Stones, I guess, are the only Yeah, but they're not going to be playing in cold weather <laughs> cities this time of year. Yeah, you know you, what I mean? You're probably right. You're probably they're not right. going to Kansas City. They're not going to Buffalo. They're not going to Cincinnati. <laughs> they, they're not going, even the tractor pull guys, all right? And, and, and all the, the grave digger. The grave digger is going to go over 77 VW bugs, <laughs> and one is rumored to have the body of uh, Hoffa in it. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff. But they don't do that in cold weather. It might be TV stuff. I honestly don't know. You're making a great point. I wonder if it's something that they're actually considering right now. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's really mind-boggling. And I just hate it for Jacksonville. Because if they are on the schneid this time around, and hey, listen, it's going to cost Shad Khan money. But I'm not even I'm not worried about that. I'm I'm more concerned about the advantage. These diehard Jaguar fans yeah. that right now, if they're like me, okay, and they're like you, totally convinced that they're hosting a playoff game next weekend. Not a if they do this and they do that. Oh. They're going to find a way to win against Tennessee and host a game. Uh-uh. Screw that. They're going to they're gonna absolutely spank Tennessee. It just comes down to what is the time of the playoff game next week. And because of what is going on right now with this vote, we don't know if that is going to happen. All right. What I do know is going to happen is Rafael Esparza. He is with MyBookie and MyBookie.com. He joins Rick Ballou next. We are live from Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Ah, screaming at us all. So long, it's not true. Wanted a woman, never bargained for you. I may go home and listen to this entire album before they drop the puck in Los Angeles. Boston Bruins hockey tonight, late. In L.A., uh, you know, I I heard from a, a buddy of mine, Cole Beasley, who heard us earlier in the program, and I asked the mangler, about Allison Chains, I'm not overly familiar with them. Of course, this is Led Zeppelin. But he says that Lane Staley and Jerry K. 
Cantrell, they harmonize in almost every Alice in Chains song. And that's what I thought when I heard it. I mean, the Mangler's like, well, man, you know, they go into the studio and they, you know, they, they dub this and dub that. I was like, no, man, I think it's two vocalists. So how about that? We, I was one. disappointed in his knowledge. Yeah, I mean, listen, lie. he, I, I thought he was like Mr. Alice in Chains. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I snuck one by him. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. All right, final moments. What a lot of fun it's been here at Mr. Chubby's Wings in Ponte Vedra. Uh, you know, I was told firsthand that our next guest, Rafael Esparza, was just in these parts recently, uh, south here, Ponte Vedra Beach, all the way down to the great uh, St. Augustine, and he joins us now for my bookie. And mybookie.com. How was your trip down here to uh, North Florida? It was good until I had to drive home uh, late to Monday or early Monday morning, almost dying going over Jacksonville during the fog. I have never seen thick fog until <laughs> I saw a five five thirty in the morning crossing the Jacksonville Bridge, uh, ten to two uh, with the hands, and I had something loaded in my pants. You know what? I, I, let me tell you something now, because I was up shortly after you doing the Jaguars pregame show at 8 a.m. That is the most fog I have ever seen on New Year's Day here in Jacksonville. Uh, I was terrible. I've driven through snow, rain. Uh, I, that was one of the scariest moments driving. But I wanted to be home for the Tulane USC game, so I guess the, it was part of my fault for being up that early. Yeah, I thought you said you would you were getting ready to drive back home, meaning you were driving from here to Las Vegas. For crying out loud, you'd still be on the road. You know, I went to my other my other bed over in New Orleans. There you go. No doubt about it. All right. Uh, what do we make of of what's happening right now uh, in in the AFC? I mean, we're sitting here patiently waiting on this on this vote. Uh, you folks in Vegas are always ahead of everyone else. Any idea what you believe the NFL is going to do here after announcing that, you know, the game between Buffalo and Cincinnati has been canceled? I don't think they're going to add another playoff or two more playoff teams. I just think uh, uh, someone's going to be mad. and some. I mean, right now no one's going to be mad because of the situation, but I think once playoffs start and Super Bowls, then you're going to start seeing people on social media and people on teams saying we got shorthanded. It shouldn't have happened. I'm sure some people on social media are going to say Asterisk on the Super Bowl winner this year because of what happened. It, it's just, just in a bad situation, and no one at the end of the day, no one's going to win. I don't see them adding another playoff uh, game. I just, that, that doesn't seem like the, the right thing to do in my mind. Well, you know what? It, and I think you make some sense because if, if that happens – one fan base is going to be upset. This playoff game or the the game that was canceled on Monday night has no bearing on playoff teams. It only affected the seedings. So one team gets upset with the seedings, but if all of a sudden you add an AFC team, then you want competitive balance, you add an NFC team, and then you have a neutral site for championship Sunday, now you're talking about a whole bunch of fan bases and a whole bunch of teams that get aggravated. So I, I kind of agree with you, but then again, it makes sense, and it's the NFL, so probably the exact opposite will happen. Yeah, my luck, they'll probably add <laughs> a, another playoff team. The New York Jets get in, and the New York <laughs> Jets win a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to the national title game first. Uh, wow, what was there, 171 points scored this year in the semifinals? Uh, just amazing. 
Um, what did you get out of those two games? And what about the officiating? Did, you know, there's been games before where money's been given back. There's been controversy. Was there a big debate after what happened uh, there on New Year or New Year's Eve? Excuse me. Not really, because I mean, like, we can all say if they, if they didn't overturn that Michigan touchdown, which would have made the game totally different, because it would have been uh, Michigan would have only been down a couple points. Uh, I guess the guy just needed more hair on his butt for them to get at that touchdown uh, to be safe. Uh, just the way the defense played. I mean, TCU scores 51 points uh, in that game. So I, there's not that much. I just can't believe how bad defense was. The almighty Georgia defense. I think Ohio State just scored again while me and you are talking on the phone right now. Uh, what happened to their defense? So uh, Not that much grumbling on the refs. I just think they're excited for two games. And those two games were even the best games. I thought the best game was Monday that I, wanted, that I drove home speeding 46-45 to Green Wave beat USC. Yeah, that was a very interesting game as well. What, 16 points in the last couple of minutes there uh, by Tulane. All right, if you track history, and I don't know if it's relevant, the trend when you get to a national title game, they're either really, really close or they're blowouts. So now you got a line that's nearly two touchdowns. What do you make of this game coming up on Monday night? I mean, if you're sitting on that TCU ticket at plus 13 and a half when the first number opened up, you're sitting really nice. Uh, and I think we might see some SEC money coming because right now it's all TCU uh, money coming. That's why some books have it at 12. Some most books have it at 12 and a half. If you like Georgia, I say wait. This game is Monday. The game is not Friday, Saturday. This game is Monday. See if the number moves. Either way, if you're TCU, this one can go back to 13 if SEC money comes in. Uh, if you're looking for Georgia, maybe they continue to bet on uh, TCU because uh, Mattress Max bet TCU, so maybe more money will come in. And if this game is Monday, people. You don't have to bet it today. Wait to see if you can get that number you're looking for. Mattress Mac, what do you weigh, like a, a million and a half? It'll make, was it like $7 million if it if it hits? Uh, he bet, like yeah, that. I know he bet TCU. I don't have that dollar amount in front of me, but my but my friends over at uh, Caesars that said that's what he bet was TCU. One point. A little bit of money. A little bit, excuse me, Raphael. A little bit of money on Tennessee here in Jacksonville. I, I guess I was surprised by that. I, I honestly haven't seen it in the last couple of hours. What's the latest on this game? Yeah, money coming in at Titans. And I was talking to my brother-in-law, who's a huge Jacksonville Jaguar fan, when I was there in your neck of the woods. How bad does the NFL hate Jacksonville? First, they make them play all their games pretty much in Europe. Now they put them on a Saturday game. You couldn't give them a Saturday 425 game or Sunday 425 game. Horrible, horrible call for Jacksonville. I think they win this game. I think they win by four points or less. I kind of like Tennessee plus the points. But Jacksonville wins this game. All right, Tennessee and the points. I'm going to go against you there, buddy. I don't usually don't uh, throw things out there as far as uh, wagering is concerned. But I think this one is a dominant performance by Jacksonville. I hope so. I, I hope so. I, I'm hoping Jacksonville advances and goes to playoffs. I'm hoping, it's a bit. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping Jacksonville wins by 14 or more. Hey, since you mentioned uh, <clears throat> Europe, why not just play? That's a neutral site. Why not play the AFC championship game over there i mean forget Throw about going game. to indianapolis <laughs> just play out in london for crying a lot that, that's a competitive advantage for the teams i'm hearing it will be probably indianapolis uh that's what if they do go there but i agree go to your you know go to mexico let's go to mexico i mean the weather be nice we can all have uh margaritas and watch football all right, Rafael, I'm, I'm out show's over give us uh the latest on my bookie my 
Yeah, crazy stuff going on. We have NFL and a championship game on Monday. I know you're going to be staying up late because your Bruins are playing L.A., but Vegas is also playing a good game. Penn Pittsburgh tonight as well. So jump over to mybookie.ag, sign up today. You have a whole bunch of stuff to go on. in the playoffs, don't get the XFL next month as well. Ah, I'm going to get a belly full here at Mr. Chubby's and go home, go upstairs to the sports bar and watch hockey into the wee hours of the morning. Rafael Esparza, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Take it easy, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, there he goes. That is Rafael Esparza. <laughs> He's like the Jaguars play all their games in, in Europe. Europe. <laughs> and now they get a Saturday game. I love that. And they don't even get it at 4.30. Did he really just say they, get all, they play all their games in, in Europe. Europe? That was good. That was really, really good. All right, folks, we're going to wrap up the week. Tomorrow, 6 to 8. Uh, that party, though, Strings, right? Strings, uh, what time out there? 3 to 6, Franchi uh, Company. Yeah, Strings Sports Brewery, 3 to 6. That'll be tomorrow, folks. We'll see you out there. It's our pep rally, 1010XL in 92.5 FM. Graham Marsh, JJ, thank you. Dave Campo, Greg Huntington. And with all the games being played in Europe, Rafael Esparza. I'm Rick Ballou. Have a great night.